Welcome, citizens of the globe, to the Front End Heroes podcast, where we discuss all things villainous and heroic about the front end of software development. My name is Evan Payne, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Scott Francis. How are you doing, Scott? Really well, thanks. Um, new year, uh, new beginnings, new start. Um, yeah, looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to it as well. Today's episode, as always, is sponsored by NetCentric, an award-winning global, Adobe Global Alliance partner. Uh, both Scott and I work here as senior front-end software engineers, and we're glad, as always, to have their support with this show. Uh, this time around, we have some guests on our show. Um, if you'd like to introduce yourselves first, Inez. Hi, everyone. So my name is Inez. I'm a front-end software engineer at NetCentric, and I've been in a company for a while, been developing for a while, and actually I'm quite happy to join this show today. Great. Thanks. Glad to have you. And Alvaro, can you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Alvaro Saburido. I'm a front-end software engineer here, also in Centric, uh, along with my colleagues. Uh, really happy to be here. Uh, it's my first uh, podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. Great. So um, the topic of today's show, or the title, is Front End Begins, a reference to Batman and the new series. And what we're talking about today is, hey, it's 2021. Uh, it's a new year. There's a new vision for us of what the future might hold. And yeah, we just want to start off and just talk about what we have to look forward to this year. Um, what things are we doing to change the world around us and, and make it better? Um, Scott, this kind of was your idea. Do you maybe want to kick things off with some of the things that you're looking forward to? Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Um I, I actually, when I was thinking about this, this was, this kind of goes back to, um, the actual turn of the year and thinking, man, what do I want to achieve this year? Like what's, what have we got to look forward to? What are the things that we're going to be doing? Um, and honestly, uh, there was a little bit of me thinking, well, maybe I could get some advice from other people. Let's see what other people are doing as well. But, um, for me personally, um, the beginning of the year is very much like, okay, what, where were we at the end of last year? Um, and so for, for me immediately, um, and Ines can, Ines, uh, will know what I'm talking about here. Um, uh, we have a project ongoing, which we, we worked on really hard towards the end of last year. Uh, something that we want to get out to the, to the community. Uh, and we want to really finish that off this year. My main focus in the next like two months, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, is to really get that project finished. And then I was thinking, well, where do I go from here? Is it, is it time for me to, to learn a framework? Is it time for me to, to dive into TypeScript? Um, these are all things that I've touched on in the past, but I don't feel that like I'm an expert in, in any way. And so I was wondering, is this, is this really going to be the time for me? Um, they're my thoughts at the moment. Um, so I don't know. Uh, what about you? What are the thing, what are the things that are, um, on your plate? Yeah, I, I will comment on one thing you said, which is TypeScript, and I think this is a good year to learn it. What I've been seeing, and, and like the React crowd has moved over to TypeScript now. I mean, not everyone, I'm guessing, but I've seen a lot of these people that are traditionally like, yeah, let's just write React all the time. They're doing TypeScript, and they're teaching TypeScript and all of that. So that market share is yeah, exponentially. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I think you, you always see these things on Twitter. You see links to articles like, you know, the 10 things you must learn in 2021. And I think, God, you get like real overkill with those things. And, you know, they're all kind of the same and, and a little bit overblown as well, I think. But 
The one thing that I see is I, I see TypeScript and I think, and I had experience with it before, like working on a project that you were on as well, Evan. And I think mm. um, I, I saw the value of it there. And now I think, well, I've been in, in like a kind of legacy project for, for a while. Um, could I start switching over to, to TypeScript? It's really something that I think um, I'm not a big believer in like jumping into technologies, like without being established or anything like that, or like new ways of working. But this, but for me, TypeScript seems to have taken hold and really does seem like the thing that's going to be worthwhile learning. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. Um, I, I do have my own opinions, and maybe I'll, I'll branch into them later, but I want to make sure our guests speak as well. Um, Inez, we'll, we'll start with you too. Um, wh what do you see, what are you excited to, you know, explore, get into this year? Well, uh, this year actually started quite interesting. Last year, as we all know, it was terrible for all. It was for me as well. Like end of last year was a bit, you know, like motivation down and everything. But I got asked a few years ago, what do I want to specialize in? And I gave it a quite a thought, you know, like, okay, what is going to be as a front-end developer, you know, just to dig deeper into some topic, you know, a bit, bit specialized. And after quite some thought, I decided on web performance. That was something that was always super interesting to me, also me being a telecommunications engineer and all. And I've been working a bit towards this, but out of the sudden this year, the things, and the last year actually, because the, the project Scott was mentioning is actually about a progressive ex, uh, user experience and web performance. So the things started moving. It kicked off quite nicely. And actually this year looks quite, quite promising, especially uh, when it comes to finally releasing something to open source. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. And we'll just generally working on this topic of making web faster, you know, and nicer for everyone. Yeah, I was going to follow up there of, of what actually is it that this means for you? Like what, what is your day-to-day -day work look like if you're specializing in this kind of a topic? So uh, at the moment, we, we actually created a small team that revolves around the topic, which is quite cool. And uh, at this point, so like last last weeks, I've been working on a few tools like this. So we've been developing one tool uh, to measure data, which we're also uh, cooperating with the machine learning team, which is super exciting. And as well as that, we're also developing this tool for uh, for progressive experience. So, and of course, everything that goes around it, some documentation, best practices. So yeah, quite quite a lot on the plate, but again, super exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, we'll also cycle back around to some of that, I'm sure, uh, Alvaro, but um, what are you looking forward to uh, in this year? For me, this year is pretty exciting. Uh, the last year I ended up, it was a tough year, but for for me professionally, I was able to focus on things that I wanted to do. And for the end of the year, I was able to deliver um, my Vue library in open source. I was pretty proud of it. Finally, Vue 3 support. I attend some uh, Vue events globally. That was pretty nice. Thanks for the community to invite me and so on. And now I have an insight of what the future holds. And for me, this year is exciting because a lot of new front-end uh, tools are coming along. And as Scott commented, uh, TypeScript is hitting hard also in the Vue environment. Everything in Vue 3 is completely TypeScript support. And a lot of cool tools. So right now, I'm 
I'm doing a lot of stuff in the open source world, uh, sharing with another colleagues uh, that are doing open source. I'm super glad that you guys also are preparing this library, the progressive one, uh, to the open source. It's, it's tough, but it's quite uh, exciting uh, to have the, um, your code and the library and have users that can give you feedback about it and improve. It's, it's quite a nice journey. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty excited of this year, to be honest. New, new, a lot of new cool stuff is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so from my side, I, I'm looking forward to things like getting deeper into view in the composition API, um, you know, starting to look at these improvements upon reactivity systems. And one of those that comes to mind, we, we had on a previous episode, Ignacio, to talk about it is Svelte. I, I see Svelte as taking off big time this year, and I'm not going to like learn it and use it on all my production projects. But I think for little one-off projects to keep myself up to, to speed on it, I'm going to be reaching for that tool frequently. Um, and w one of the reasons I'm excited about the improvements to reactivity is because they start to put the focus back onto the users and not just the development experience. So, you know, um, we had these these frameworks that come up to make the developers' lives easier. There are things that can be done quickly that would have taken a lot of code. And while there are sometimes, you know, trade-offs that are acceptable there, you, um, you end up with maybe larger bundle sizes. And you end up with workarounds that, while it's easier to develop with, are slower to run in the browser or, or something like that. And these new ways of doing it are removing code rather than adding code and I, and I i quite like that i think that's that's opening up the playing field and making i don't know i just think it's better for the users so and not only that but uh, i found that um in previous years there was this war between all the frameworks but they were more like the users that say hey my framework is better than yours but the actual creators, like, uh, for example, Evan Yu, is working along with this belt once. I don't remember the, the name of the, the creator. But, but they're uh, working along uh, for a, a lot of uh, plugins and core uh, base code for all the reactivity. I mean, for example, Byte, that is a new ES um, bundler that uh, it creates hot reloads in the dev environment without having to bundle and roll up and so on, they work for React, they work for all, all frameworks. So we are not talking just only improvements in some of the frameworks, but all, the whole ecosystem is, is starting to share the same stuff. The reactivity system of Vue, for example, is open to be used not only in Vue, in any other framework that you want, it's a different package. So I like that approach that now things are going more agnostic. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good point. I think that um, like um, Evan alluded there that um, maybe the focus before was on with, with these things was on um, the developer and not the user, not the end user. Um, but really, that that was something that needed to shift. And I think that that is definitely something um, that going back to what Ines said about um, uh, majoring in in web performance, um, that's something that's really going to like when the focus gets on that instead of like how we as developers can do things quickly rather rather than um, 
the the user doing things quickly. And I think that that's a, a better state to be in. Um, so it's great to hear that there's all these things that um, regardless of the tool you're using, um, there's improvements made to them, which will end up being passed on to, to the end user. So I think it's a, a good win all around. Yeah, another thing that I've seen um, growing and taking off are, are things like the Jamstack, um, where you're moving a lot of the rendering over to the server side. And I, I mean, there's a whole buzz about that now, like everything that's old is new and and, and so on, where <laughs> someone posted a tweet from, you know, some semi-famous person on Twitter saying, we're basically doing this thing and it's going to be so cool. It's going to change how we do web development. And really it's, we're going to send HTML over the wire instead of JSON. And it's like, um, that's what we've been doing for <laughs> most of web development history. Um but it's good. I mean, a paradigm shift and, and doing things, what we did in the past, but doing it again in a improved and, and a, having a deeper understanding of it is good. Um, I'm looking forward to those kind of things as well. Um, Inez, maybe um, to talk more about web performance in particular. I mean, we've, we've discussed this on previous shows, um, but these these new ways of measuring web performance. What's been your experience with them? I mean, we, we talked with a previous guest about, you know, the, the stuff that Adi Asmani has been uh, pushing forward and the uh, core vitals and stuff. Are those going to last this year? Is that, you know, do you think, um, or will they continue to adapt and change? Yeah, they're, I'm actually quite excited as well about it because uh, they're pushing towards, um, user-centric and everything that's user-centric i think it's it's really really good as well like whatever you, like all, all the stuff you guys were talking about so far so getting this everything like more performant and smaller and not just super nice to develop again as a developer i like the you know super nice environment to develop but then again it is it has its trade-off and uh, when it comes to all this web, especially in web performance, everything is a really, really fine balance, you know, between this, like how fancy and nice and, you know, with a really, really good developer experience you want. And then again, how well a user experience do you want in the end? So introducing the core web vitals was quite, quite a nice thing for me because uh, all these like new ways of measurements are... I think I think they're going in a really right direction. So first first time I heard, for example, for for cumulative layer shift, it was not only for my you know developer side, it was for my user side where I was like, oh yeah, that that's great. You know, I was like, I hate when it jumps around. So and I've seen a lot of times when we do a web performance audit and see this, it's a lot of times it's just like these these big shifts that are just jumping up and down and it's just kind of distracting to you. So this is, for example, the one I'm quite, uh, I'm quite uh, excited about. And yeah, yeah I, I think it's the good way to go. Yeah, I, definitely. I think that, um, I think especially with the core web vitals, what it, what it really does is it starts bringing performance um, like into, it brings performance metrics um, to people who are not necessarily developers in a way of like ease of understanding. Like you can sell the core web vitals to, um, to anybody on a, in the process, really, like the the thing you mentioned there in this like cumulative layout shift, um, yeah, that's a like everybody who uses the web 
is going to have experienced this. It doesn't matter whether you're a developer, whether you're the CEO of a company or you're leading a team in a, in a bank, um, where a web team in a bank, you're a user, you're going to have experienced this. And like that problem's always existed or, um, and maybe on a, maybe we've taken care of it because, um, we, we see that as good development, but maybe other people have just said, well, that's just the way the web works. That's like, that's just a page loading, but this is actually like putting it front and center, um, and saying that this is a easily, this is a, this is the level you're at now. Um, you're on red, like, and any CEO is going to is going to see this and say, well, I want to be green. Um, and it's just something that makes it like really like easy for people to understand. And I think that the importance that Google have put into this, they've really given it like a lot of weight by saying it's may, I think that this comes into play for Google search rankings. So already like there's something that developers can focus on in the, in the coming months, the first few months of the year. If you're not already like taking care of your, your core web vitals, then now is really the time. And I think it's a real easy sell to, to your clients. Um, like certainly I've already had discussions um, looking at um, getting performance work done aimed specifically at core web vitals for the first few months, getting ready for May. Like it's a, it's a definite deadline. So I think it's, it's definitely something that we'll be focusing on in the, in this year. Yeah, I completely yeah, agree with this. Yeah, and it's like, and it's also one thing that I definitely want to see in the future, like I'm hoping for in the future is to have more support, especially when it comes to all these topics such as web performance and accessibility and similar uh, from the business side, you know, because a lot of times we as developer have to take care of it. But then if you don't have a support and if you have every time have to explain this thoroughly, it just gets, it gets overwhelming and, you know, exactly what you said, that this is bringing it kind of to everyone. It's really easily understandable for everyone. I guess this is a big plus for this against to get everyone, you know, on board, to get all hands on deck and to actually make a difference from the start of development process and not when everything is done and you actually realize you're not doing well. And then it's like, oh, you know, let's try to fix this. And yeah. Well, one thing that I, I, in previous years, when the, the progressive web apps, the PWAs, were, were <clears throat> building some traction, a lot of frameworks um, offered sort of, you know, a hundred percent lighthouse score uh, out of the box. Right? You set up a new project and you start clean slate with a hundred percent. I mean, I'm guessing there will be frameworks now or things like Eleventy, um, another static site generator, that really can offer that already out of the box for for these as well. You're you're already green. And that's so much easier to build into the development of what you're doing. If you're able to start fresh this year and start with a Greenfield project and use one of these things that has already your core vitals all in the green, then you don't have to fix it later. You just <laughs> make sure you're keeping that uh, in a good place. That that I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that how that whole por portion of the market builds and grows. No, it is growing because um, right now, for example, on my webpage is an example, my portfolio. I had it in view before and I changed it for another stack with Nuxt. I don't, uh, it's a static uh, webpage generator that uh, builds on top of uh, view. And my score was perfect from the beginning. So for me, 
Okay, I I search between uh, nodes and the core uh, code to understand why it was giving me the green, but it was ready to go from the beginning. So as a user, for example, that doesn't know that much about performance or that, that much about accessibility, it helps delivering projects with that already. And that's a big support. As we were talking about, uh, some companies uh, or clients don't appreciate all the effort for accessibility and for a good performance. And the market is going to a point that you need to have it in order to publish it. You need to have a base accessibility for all your users. You need a nice web performance to uh, be able to um, convert. So the, the community is going forward to this. And all days are there is a new tool there is a new way to do things that improves that process and make it easier so i guess we are going to get to that point that companies will uh, give you budget for it and it will be easier to justify why we were doing this where we need a good performance where we need a total support aa accessibility standard for it uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty pleased that we are going that way because it's needed. We need to do uh, web um, applications for all of the users. Yeah, I I think that really is going to help immensely, and it leads into the the next topic I have, which probably will carry us through because it's a big one. Which is, um, there's going to be a whole bunch of people this year uh, that are just starting to learn the front end. So their first experience in developing stuff for the web and doing things on the front end is going to be in 2021. What must that be like? Um, and and we, we've already touched on so many things that I'm sure each of us was not exposed to for at least a few years into the start of our career, you know, performance, accessibility in, in particular, which we should be. But on top of that, we're learning HTML and the way data attributes work and JavaScript and all of that madness and frameworks and CSS and CSS frameworks. And this field has gotten so big, but you somehow need to know a lot of it as well. I mean, how do you think that is going to affect people that are coming in? What is a junior in 2021 going to be doing with themselves this year to catch up with everything that's happening? can be certainly overwhelming. If it's already overwhelming for uh, more senior developers like us, uh, sure, a junior entering right now into the web development world is like, okay, I have to understand all of this? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the advice I always give to per, uh, people that approach me and say, hey, I want to learn web development. What should I do, right? Uh, some people say, okay, you need to learn the basics. I go to approach that, try to build something, okay? Try to build an app, um, little by little, and then you go to the concepts or the core concept of why that's working. For me, uh, all this whole of eight years of learning has been my mojo and the way I learned it, and it worked for me, right? Um, the best way is to take some technology that bring you a bell, let's say uh, React. You enter the, the development world and you hear everyone's using React or everyone's using Vue. Uh, okay, start, start doing some tutorials, start doing 
some courses about it and learn about it and then move to another place. Do side projects, uh, try to get into a company that you can start practicing it and so on. And little by little, uh, another good advice will be not try to not overwhelm yourself about knowing everything. I still don't know a lot of stuff, like microfontents, for example, the other day we were talking about it. Um, I'm not an expert on it. I know the concept that I haven't implemented and I still have eight years working on the on, on the business. So you always have new things to learn. And that's the excitement part, right? If we learn everything from the scratch, it will be pretty boring. I would, I would, I, I would uh, <clears throat> jump in there and like, for me, if you're just, to, if you're just coming into the industry now, um, I would say exactly what Alvaro said. Don't get bogged down in what you don't know. Um, really recognize that if this is you starting out a career, then man, this could be a long career. Um, so better to set off, uh, on the right path. Um, recognize that you don't have to do everything in like a year and you won't do everything in a year. I would definitely be somebody who is saying like, okay, get your fundamentals right. I think like it's, it's all, it's like an old way of perhaps an old way of looking at things, but it's true of anything. Like just don't run before you can walk. Like make sure that you know what you're doing with the core technologies. Um, and then after that, you can start looking at, um, what, as, as Alvaro said, what rings your bell? Um, like what, what is it that, what is it that, um, that you want to get out of things? Um, but really you gotta, you gotta start with your fundamentals. I mean, like, um, you can, you can get like really specific at things. You can really major in things like later down the line, like Ines, that Ines is now like majoring in, um, in performance. Like that decision wasn't taken in her first year in development. Um, it, it comes like after time, but the main thing is get your fundamentals right and don't beat yourself up over what you don't know because you shouldn't expect to know everything. Okay, really, really thank you for this all because I'm actually now going to give you some stuff from the field directly. Uh, my sister is trying to learn web development at the moment, so I just had a three-hour session with her last night explaining her everything about how browsers work. So this is actually a topic I've been in for the last few weeks, kind of trying to help her with this whole, uh, you know, syllabus, like how to, like which course to take, how to actually do it. And with her having like slim to none knowledge, like previous knowledge. So she did some HTML and CSS and that's it. So they didn't even explain her on that course, what's the difference between front end and back end. So that was kind of, first of all, I was trying to determine how, like what she knows. And then we just started from scratch. And as a responsible older sister and responsible developer, I kind of started with exactly what Scott said, drill on the basics. So for me, it's really, really important for her to actually have the good basics before you know, she goes into any coding, you know, because a lot of times I do hear people, you know, yeah, I started web development and I don't know, <clears throat> I just took view and I was like, no, that's not the way to go. That's just like, you know, 
as 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 we, we use this reference now a lot with the progressive like a layer on a cake you know that's that's something extra but like do your javascript first you know get to know the basic get to know some you know like even data data structures algorithms all this a bit of this basic stuff that's in the end of the day going to make you a great developer you know not just someone who can do it but someone who can do it right so this is something i'm i'm kind of trying at the moment to to transfer this knowledge to my sister which just brought me to the fact that I know nothing and that you know know, all my front-end knowledge is like you know there's so much more and it's so much more coming every day so it's like it's super overwhelming even for me who you know studied that and wasn't like I am in industry for a while and I was just you know you're not going to do this alone because you're gonna you know (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know how anyone can actually do this alone. It had to be like super, super hard without any guidance. So yeah, I hope I'm going to yeah. be a good guide. <laughs> well, I, I think it depends. So I'm not in full agreement with you, actually, but I think it depends on the personality. So the type and the type of learner they are, uh, and also the time constraints. So I agree with you and and Scott, if you want to do it right and you have sort of a tighter deadline you need to just buckle down and study the fundamentals. And to a degree, that's also if you're that kind of person. But I'm not, and I wasn't. That not, that's not how I got here. I, over the course of multiple years, learned everything that I knew just by doing projects. And I didn't take any courses. Every time I tried, I was like, I would tune out. The videos were boring to me. Uh, I've even tried recently like to, to pick up some things, and it's just I don't learn that way. I learn, I personally, and this this is where it gets into the, the type of learner you are, I need to have a project in front of me, a goal that I'm aiming for, and to do my best through sticks and glue to get myself there. Uh, then I pick up certain things. And the downside to that is it, it ends up being instinctual, um, the things that you learn. But at the same time, you do pick up on patterns. And if you talk and you give talks and you return your knowledge to the community, you solidify the things that you did learn as well. It's two different paths. I'll, I'll put it that way. And yeah, I, I think one of the problems that new new people that are starting with is they want to do it fast. And it if you're doing it this way, if you're doing it my way, it's not going to be fast. It takes a long time just trying things bit by bit. But I'll finish off my, my rant here. On the same side these frameworks and these new kind of starter kits that they're coming up with now, those are going to be really helpful. You install a Nuxt project. Yeah, it's a lot of little things to pick up on. And yeah, it's maybe not the fundamentals like you should be having, but they have a a right way to do a lot of things. Angular being an example of that as well for a framework. Yeah, it's super complicated to pick up, but there's only kind of one or two ways to accomplish things. And you know that it's a proven a model by which to develop things. I could see why people would um, would dive into that, like have the kind of dive in approach as well when they're first starting out. I mean, say you're like, you're, say you're, you know, you're 21 and you you've come in, you've decided that this is the industry for you, um, and then you start working for a company, but also like the companies. You, the company's just helping you to get a start and maybe you have other ideas about like, oh, I could build this app and it, and I could sell this app. I mean, really, like, I would encourage anybody to do that immediately. I, I'm telling people to get the fundamentals, but also I, if you're going to take a chance in something, if you're going to try and build something, you have an idea, um, then 
do it when you have no commitments, do it when you're young and you have the time. Um, and that's, again, that's something that like frameworks can really help you with. If you, you can, you can work a, a day job, but then you've got your side projects as well. And that, that's something that's really driving you forward. Um, and you, and for sure, you're going to do that while, while you have the time. And I would encourage people to do that really like at the beginning of their career, because that's the time that you're going to take your chances. Yeah, I completely agree. So like, don't get me wrong. I'm all hands, you know, up for, you know, hands-on approach. So I've been, I did give like last year two, I think two courses on the web developer for complete beginners. And I think one of the best comments were like, you know, you're super hands-on. So yeah, definitely like just go and do it. So my, um, my task for my sister at the moment is to, you know, do some, uh, get exercise so i found a really cool you know uh this kind of like sandbox that that teaches you how to use git so like from the next week on we can actually coach she can send me pull requests and i can kind of through these pull requests i can give her tasks and she can you know and i can on that basically you know drill her on some you know best practices and stuff like this so that's for me definitely like you need to be hands-on you need to be building stuff for me again like that's the best part of being developer is actually building stuff. But then again, uh, also one thing that happened to me is that uh, during my university, I never actually had a language to code in. So I did some Java, but I did this just basically, you know, more of the concepts and algorithms and structures, but, you know, not in a language. And my first piece of JavaScript I ever wrote was the, my application for Netcentric. And at one point, I just came to the like place where, yeah, I know my JavaScript, but I just know how to write it. And I started reading a book, the eloquent JavaScript, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, I haven't know all, known all this stuff. <laughs> and like by reading this book, out of the sudden, I became way better developer because I just knew how some stuff work under the hood. So again, like yeah, if you want to go fast that's definitely just go try to build, break it and everything. But then at one point, I, I just believe that at that point where I took this book and actually went to some theoretical stuff and how things work, I just became way better developer. Nice. Especially when you face bugs, for example, or features, uh, knowing a framework or a way to, to, to build something is good. But you need that theoretical part. That's why I mean, uh, I mentioned that I normally, when I want to learn something new, okay, I read some documentation. Let's say I want to learn a, right now about web components, right? I know the concept, but I want to try. So what I'm going to do, take a sandbox, try to build something that I can see, following a tutorial or whatever, and then learn why it's working. What are the core concepts, right? Mm -hmm. Why is this happening? Why this is a shadow dome, etc. Um, but yeah, as uh, Evan mentioned, I think is something depends on each person. I cannot say that my way of learning will uh, help other developers and necessarily. Everyone has a different way to learn. Uh, I know people that can eat a book and then start programming and do it one way, and there are other people that are drive through experience and they know that the theory 
Also, I think now there are more ways to learn web development than before. Um, there are a cool trend on Twitter recently that people are learning through challenges, like 100 uh, days challenge, and they create a small like code pens, like a small snippets of code that are meant to do something. And they learn through that, and they're learn learning the basic. Uh, some developers are learning, for example, creating CSS games. It's also a trend that they learn CSS through games. So right now, I think it's a good moment to get into programming, actually. Um, it's easier than before. There is a lot more to know, that's true, but there's also more uh, tools are more resources to learn. I definitely think that's that that rings true for me. I mean, like if for me now, I, I don't honestly see like such big value in getting a university degree to to work in our field. I think there's, I think what our industry has done has really provided resources um, to actually get educated in this, to get educated in front end, and to be able to do it and to do it to to do it well um, without the need to go to university and i think that um more and more people will find our industry appealing because of that um if the choice is um go to university and uh, spend a huge amount of money to get a degree or do like self self-taught or go to code academies um for even six months or a year the alternative as an alternative i think then um that really opens up the, the the industry to a lot more people than um, having to rely on oh you need to go to university and get a degree uh, to even be considered to go into this field I mean like it's um, I think the industry itself has done a great job in opening the pathways to to come into it. Yeah, One definitely. more thing I would just like like to add on this is that I've got this question, you know, how to start web development a lot of times. And a common pitfall that I do see with people is trying to find the best course, the best way to do it and everything. And my advice usually is just do it. Just pick one. Doesn't matter which one. You're just going to, you know... It's just an outline for your learning. You know, as soon as you start learning, you start Googling more and trying out some new stuff and all that stuff. But just take one and go. Just don't spend, you know, two months on deciding which web development course to take, which one is the best, reading reviews and everything. It's just, you know, take one because a lot of them has a lot of effort put by other people. And most of them are really good, just a bit different. And just, you know, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely because I think a lot of people come into this thinking it's maybe more scientific because it's computer-based and that like, you know, learning chemistry or biology, there are like set rules in stone and you need, and when we, we even talk about fundamentals as if they're solid cornerstones of this. And I mean, honestly, I think the true fundamentals of computer science are way removed from our day-to-day -day life in developing websites. I mean, it's the infrastructure upon which the internet is built, and it's the in, uh, input and outputs of computer signals that are the true foundation. The HTML and CSS and JavaScript, while super important, is a bit fluid. It changes. I mean, yeah, we're on HTML5 now, but new stuff is added, stuff is deprecated all the time. It's not as uh, it's not like that. It's it's a different sort of discipline. So yeah, just dive into whatever course and start to wrap your head around the concepts because you won't ever know it all. Um, I'm going to cut that line of discussions short, and I want us to go into one final phase of, uh, and I'm going to put you on the spot here as well, which is um, 
Do you have a challenge that you would like to give to the broader front-end community for this year? Something, hey, aim for the stars, maybe you can achieve it this year. Uh, I will start. Mine would be container queries. Please, please container queries. Um, I have high hopes because it was on one of those, um, you know, CSS uh, surveys, the highest requested feature. I just think it's super important for us to finally get container queries so that we can use components the way they're meant to be used, which is to say not just based off of the width of the browser window, but based off of the parent that they're inside of. That would be great. Guys, just do that for me and I'll be super happy. <laughs> um, who wants to go next? Alvaro? Actually, I was going to sell the, the same one. <laughs> I'm really hoping for it. Uh, the last one I was hoping was optional chaining and it's already there and almost everything. So this is like the CSS one that I want. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, Scott? Man, this really is putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> what do I want? What do I want to see? Um, it's a really tough one. I mean, you do cover a good one there. We've, which I have to say, we've um, we've kind of got working in our projects. We do. We have like um, found a way of doing this. But yeah, out of the box, I think it would be really nice. For me, I think I would like to see real progress on lazy loading um, sections or components of um of applications particularly just uh like a a browser-based website not a single page application um just a website and actually getting so that we can uh, by default defer what's actually loaded in initially um i've read some articles recently about a pattern to make this to actually do this but imagine if you could just imagine if the browser took care of that like out of the box like you, you just you you put all your components onto uh, onto a web page and it lazy loaded what you needed. Um, I think that would just be like performance wise, that would just be amazing for everybody. Like you only load what you want and what you need at that particular time. The rest comes later. That would just be amazing if we could get somewhere like that. Yeah, and and I mean the, that is a great one as well. The single page applications are moving towards that. <clears throat> I know Angular has this. It's a possibility with the the new IV renderer of doing lazy loaded components as opposed to just full modules. Um, but as you say, having it sort of native to the browser as well would be fantastic. What about you, Inez, a, a challenge for the broader community to work on this year? I think I'm going to go with a really, really hard one, which is get your web vitals in green. Nice. Yeah, enough said, really. Yeah, yeah it totally it. makes sense. Oh. <laughs> Can I can I can I read that article without shifting? I think that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Cool. Okay, so um, next up is our segment "True Heroes." Uh, in this segment, we want to highlight a few, <clears throat> excuse me, a few true front end heroes that are working across the planet and thank them for all that they do. This time around, um, Alvaro has in particular nominated a guy called Anthony Fu. Um, he works in part of the Vue.js core team and, um, as far as I know, maintains a helpful plugin that helps you move um, or already use the composition API in Vue 2, so you can ease your way into learning about that. But, uh, Alvaro, do you want to explain some more? Yeah, I've been uh, contributing with him in some of his um, 
uh, open source uh, plugins and he just created a lot of cool stuff. Um, he's working in Byte also and BytePress uh, as a static generator with Byte, uh, the new SM Bogner. And he creates a lot of plugins that help you uh, deliver better quality and more easily. So I don't know, I, I, I do admire a lot of people in the community, um, but recently I find out a lot of the, these plugins and I start contributing with him, giving ideas, feedback, and he's really nice to talk with on, on the repo conversations and so on. So uh, I just promote that, him as a front-end hero for this session. Yeah, that's... Um... It's it's really nice when people are engaged and open source, and this is one of the the guys that sort of highlights that. So, thank you so much for all the work that you do. Um, any proper hero is a well-rounded one, and so we want to share some simple musical picks. So, Scott, uh, we'll start with you. What's the favorite thing you've been listening to lately? Oh well, um, there's a record label uh, out of New York called The Uprise, um, and honestly. Like I heard about this and I heard a couple of songs and it's like pretty heavy, pretty heavy um, electronic dance music. But there, like, there's no one artist that I could pick out. But um, but while coding, I'm not even sure whether like this is my type of music. But um, but while coding, I I've got some of this on Spotify and I was like just like foot tapping, head bobbing, um, and nice. happily coding away. So there's no particular artist. But I'd say check out the record label, The Uprise. Um, and yeah, that'd be my pick. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Inez, how about you? So I think for for a few years now, my definite coding go-to is this, um, let's say, you know, uh, instrumental covers of like generally anything. And I found out about the genre, let's say, through uh, this... Uh, well, it's a kind of a band. It's not a band, but they're called Two Cellos. So they are Croatian Slovenians. So that's basically when they became famous on Croatian scene. That's how I kind of found out about it. And then, of course, you know, Spotify did its good algorithm, which kind of brought me as well to, you know, from Lindsay Sterling, David Garrett and everything. But I still like every day when I start coding, it has to start with a super massive black hole from Two Cellos. That's just, you know... It does have lyric, that one, but then it's like, you know, after you scream super massive black hole for three minutes, then you're ready to go. Hey, maybe you could give that as advice to new starters to the industry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Try that. Try that. Awesome. <laughs> Drive your energy from the hole. <laughs> um, yeah. It, and it's, it's funny that we, I mean, that is actually good advice is find some music that puts you into a state of flow. Um, and Scott, you obviously have listened to some of my recommendations because I, you know, this last year or so, uh, EDM has been my, my go-to genre, apparently, or so says um, Spotify. Uh, the one that I want to recommend is this Japanese artist called Nato, uh, N-H-A-T-O. Um, the album latest one from from 2019 is called Trace of Will. I don't know what it is about it. It certainly keeps me in the zone coding wise. And there are these drops where you just get excited. Um, I'm really into that. It, it, it's I don't know. It it's awesome. Um, and yeah, as you say, having these <laughs> to keep you going is great. Um, 
we'll see if Alvaro, can you say something? We'll see if we can hear you. If not, we will move on. Hey, I'm back. Sorry. Okay. You're, no, no problem. You you just missed listening to our awesome electronic dance music recommendations and too jealous. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll toss it over to you then. Um, what is your musical pick for the last month or so? Uh, musical wise, um, listening to uh, a lot of electronic. Actually, and there is a, a remix of a, a meme song. There is a guy uh, with some drums and there is a cat there. And some awesome guy in in internet made a remix about it and he's awesome. Okay. Well, we'll put a link to that somehow uh, if we can. Um, and I want to toss out there as well the, the sea shanty thing that's been going around, um, the Wellerman. Man, that was in my head for ages and someone also did a an electronic remix of that which also is part of the loop that stuck in my head so great um okay it looks like that's all the time we have for today folks thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the show you should like car to star us in your podcatcher of choice those reviews and ratings are how the fancy algorithms help people find our content and the power to help is within you if you have any questions or topics you want covered in our next episode, send a tweet to us at Heroes Frontend on Twitter, and we'll add it to our list. Until next time, Heroes, remember, with great front-end power comes great responsibility. See you next time.